plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star. Are you are the party starts now? Well, hello, power partners, and welcome to Star Style Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and I am Cynthia Bryan, I am your host for this hour of power. So, we are we hope that you had a, a wonderful, wonderful um, Thanksgiving holiday and now are gearing up for the next holidays to come, whatever it is that you may celebrate. So in order to do that, we hope that you are going to be uh, tuning in to us every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., because we have a lot of good things coming in the next couple of weeks. Well, today is a very fun day for you. Coming up in segment two will be Christina Adams. She's written a book called Camel Crazy, A Quest for Miracles in the Mysterious World of Camels. And it's all about camel milk and how it really could be great for autism, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and other things. I'd never heard of it, but I sure loved her message. So you may got to make sure to stay tuned for that. In segment three, we'll be talking about current design and architectural projects because most of us want to have a workplace that makes us feel good and we want to age in place. So we'll go there. But right now, it's about our skin. And our skin is our largest organ in our body and probably the one we're going to take most for granted. And men and women spend millions of dollars every year on beauty products they probably don't even need. So we'll learn about how you have beauty from the inside out and how to take care of your soul as well as your skin. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. It's from Socrates. I am the wisest man alive, for I know one thing, and that is that I know nothing. And I feel like that most of the time. And so um, I'm glad that it makes me feel wise if I feel like I don't know anything. But that's why every single day I try to learn something new, have my car be a rolling university, and just, you know, decide that learning is always going to be the best, the best thing that you can do for yourself. Because if you can learn one new thing every day, that is just like a blessing. And I do want to just mention that now that the holidays are upon us and Giving Tuesday was yesterday, but if you would like books or shirts or you want to buy absolutely anything, uh, Be The Star You Are participates in lots of programs, including Amazon Smile. So if you go to our website at bethestarur.org and go to How to Help, you can find ways that you don't spend a dime. In fact, you get extra discounts. And um, most of these retailers will give a small percentage, anywhere from 0.5% to 2 or 3%. 
to be the star you are. So we'll help, we hope that you'll help us during the holiday season by doing that. And then don't forget that we have lots of wonderful books for sale with all profits going to Be The Star You Are, both on our Amazon store at Be The Star You Are and then also at starstylestore.net. So check it out. Okay, well, when I was living in France, I was at the University of Bordeaux in France, there was this place that all the local uh, French girls went to. It was called Simone Mela. And what it was, was a place that you would go and you could get a facial, you could get a manicure, a pedicure. It was very inexpensive. In fact, you could have all three things done at the same time, which was kind of amazing. You would would lie on this couch kind of thing with your feet dangling in warm water, and then they would do a pedicure, and your hands would be at your sides, and they'd do a manicure. And then there'd be somebody behind you and do a facial. And all the the girls just had, the French girls just had beautiful skin. And it became something that my um, a couple of my American girlfriends and I, we decided, okay, we're going to do this for ourselves. And it was, it was really eye-opening because it was the first time I'd really learned that you have to take care of your skin, which is the largest organ in your body. And... You know, cosmetic industry rakes in billions of dollars every year from women and men who are so eager just to fork over their hard-earned cash on whatever the latest lotion or potion that promises to make them more beautiful. But, you know, the secret to everything is how you feel about yourself inside. I really do think that, you know, our exterior is just a reflection of what our interior is. And... Um, natural organic skin care is better for you, although that is still in its infancy. And it's no exception to the fact that it is costing a lot of money. And there's still lots of chemicals in all of these different products. So no matter how you look at it, it almost seems impossible sometimes to have beautiful skin that everybody wants to have without spending, you know, your entire paycheck every single week or month. But you can have um, beauty on a budget, right? That's the good news. So it is achievable. And what you really have to know, again, is that it really does start from the inside out. Just like happiness is an inside out, is an inside job, I think that beauty is too. So we have to commit ourselves to lifestyle changes and lifestyles that are going to make us healthier, And that would mean that you are wearing some kind of SPF every day, even when it's cloudy outside, that you're eating lots of fruits and vegetables and getting um, lots of good nutrients. And especially if you can grow anything yourself, you want a lot of fiber in your diet. And you have to have some good oils like olive oil, just a little bit. Uh, uh, And, you know, it's, it's kind of a no brainer when you drink lots of water you tend to start uh, glowing just a little bit more. So the truth is there are many more products in your daily skincare arsenal that can be substituted with uh, more organic options. So if you open any magazine, you're going to see things that are so expensive. I mean, like night creams. I look at night creams and, you know, they could be $80 or $100. And you could actually get some great results uh, either 
for things that are very inexpensive um, or that you just might have at home. For example, let's give you some ideas of things that you should have around. Avocados and olive oil. You can make a scrub out of oatmeal or a sugar and honey scrub, which you just mix brown sugar and some honey and scrub it on your face and then wash it off. You do the same thing with oatmeal, oatmeal and a little bit of water. Avocados. When I eat an avocado, I eat the avocado and then I save the the skin part of what's left to the avocado and I just put it all over my face. And at nighttime, usually at night and sometimes in the morning, I just dab a little bit of olive oil, especially under my eyes and on my neck. It's just a, a do-it-yourself, and it's, uh, you know, it's things that most people already have around, and if you're going to eat an avocado, you're just going to throw away the skin. And you can do the same thing if you have lemons. Lemon juice is a great astringent, and you can mix it with water if it seems too much to you, but... You know, you can make your own masks. You can make your own body scrubs. Uh, Bath soaks, for example. Uh, I just buy regular Epsom salts, and I mix it with lavender and lavender oil. And that's just a homemade skincare recipe that you can put in the bath when you are having like some aches and, you know, aches and pains. Uh, That's what the Epsom salts are good for. And then that little bit of lavender, or you can use mint, um, peppermint oil, or you can add actually fresh mint to it. And all that does is, you know, it, it tends to relax you or perk you up. It can really help a lot. Many of the ingredients that you already have in your kitchen cupboard Uh, are going to cost you a lot less. And that way you can also have your quality control. So don't forget about just some of these homemade things that you can do. Now, um, the thing with sunscreen, you know, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, there wasn't any sunscreen. We just put baby oil on us if we wanted to get a suntan. But now they're saying that you need SPF, you know, all the time. And in all kinds of uh, all kinds of weather. So, you know, you can go to your local pharmacy or store and just look at the ingredients. And just remember that the first three ingredients are always what there's most of in a product. And the most five, I mean, the, the first five are always the most important. So you can... Um, You can really have some beauty on a budget. It can be achieved by anyone. And um, you can go ahead and then give yourself your own facials and your own masks. You know, uh, I was telling my engineer, Josh, that this week I was working out in the garden. It's been raining, and so I'm trying to get everything organized for winterizing right now. And I hit a nest of yellow jackets. And so one of the good things that you do immediately if you have yellow jackets, but it's also actually good for facials, is I just grabbed a handful of mud that was nearby and I put it on the stings right away. And that just sucks out. It sucks out the venom. And so um, mud is also, if you've ever been to Calistoga or if you ever had a mud bath, You've heard about some of these mud masks that or mud body masks. So just so you know, you can put um, mud on your face or your skin or your body. And it, what it does is it tightens. And then, of course, you wash it off. And then you can apply um, your cream or some of your olive oil. 
Um, many people also like coconut oil. Now, there's there's pros and cons of coconut oil. Some people say that if you have oily skin, it just tends to clog the pores. So you got to just be careful on what it is that you do. But if you have a garden and you pick flowers, you can dry the flowers, and then you can add your own essences to uh, any of your bath salts that you might be making or if you're making an oil you can add that and make an infused oil with uh, you know as I said a lavender rose oil is great oh that was one thing my nanny my grandmother um, from the Italian part of Switzerland she only washed her face with what she called rose water and I always kind of, you know, I always wondered what was rose water and you would see it advertised. And then you realize that you can make it so easily because all it is is you pick roses and you kind of um, just put the roses in water and let the essence of the rose go into the water. You can actually heat it up a little bit if you want and then strain it, put it into a jar, put it in your refrigerator and you're good to go and you can just wash your skin with rose water. So there you have it. That's a little bit of uh, budget beauty and you can have the beautiful skin that you deserve. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking with Christina Adams, the author of Camel Crazy a quest for miracles in the mysterious world of camels. And we'll learn about autism and how camel milk is, it could be something that could be very helpful, not only for autism, but for other diseases that people have. So this is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. During the break, check out bethestarur.org. And if you feel inclined, make a donation. It's the holidays. Be generous. I'll be back in a bit. Don't go away. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show Well, I'd like to bring you the pioneers on the planet. And today's guest truly is a pioneer because she was helping pioneer camel's milk uh, right here in America. It's Christina Adams. She's the author of Camel Crazy, A Quest for Miracles in the Mysterious World of Camels. She's an award-winning author. You might have read her memoir, A Real Boy. She's a journalist, and she speaks on autism, writing, culture, and, of course, camels. Welcome, Christina, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am so happy to be here, Cynthia. Well, I'm really excited. This was an interesting thing. I did a television show a few years back it was, that was all about animals. And we, um, I, w- I don't want to say we interviewed camels, but part of what we did is we had camels on the show. And I just found them to be so sweet and darling and gave very cute kisses. So <laughs> I loved it when I found your book. But let's get right to it. The first thing that we find out about about you and your son in Camel Crazy is that you um, had, when you were newly separated, your son was about seven and he has autism. And you had spent many years researching, writing articles, um, doing all these things about autism. In fact, you know, writing a book about it. But then you heard about camel milk. Well, actually, you were at a festival or something. Tell us the beginning of that, of the camel, you know, your camel milk story, because you saw a camel uh, herder with lotions and things made out of camel's milk, and you went a bit further. I went uh, way further than I ever intended. <laughs> so, I would say so, yes. Yeah. So I was just at this children's book fair. My son was seven. He was diagnosed with autism when he was almost three. So I'd spent all those um, intervening years learning all about that world, which, of course, teaches you about biology, psychology, law, medicine, all kinds of things. So my first book, A Real Boy, was about that, and he did get a lot better. But as you know, with autism, there are always things you can do to help uh, them feel better and perform better in their lives. So we were at this this book festival. It was a children's book festival in Orange County, California, here where I live. And I saw a guy with a camel, and the camel was just standing there, and no one was riding it. So I just got nosy, as journalist-type people like myself do. And I went over and just saw the soap and lotion, and I said to him, what else do they do with this milk? And to this day, I will never know why I asked such a question. And he uh, said, yeah, he said they give it to premature infants in hospitals in the Middle East, and it's thought to be non-allergenic and maybe close to a mother's milk. And that was my light bulb moment. Based on all those uh, years of study I had done, I knew that autism was connected in many cases to the immune system and that this milk being in those kind of ways uh, perhaps you know, full of the goodness that mother's milk could be. Perhaps it could help reboot his immune system, which I thought could affect his autism symptoms, as it obviously did in our daily lives. What was so fascinating, too, about that is that with all your research, there really was nothing online. There wasn't really any information um, about or research out there about camel's milk when you were really starting to dive into it. I mean, you actually had to get your camel's milk from the Middle East. 
That is true. And that's where you just never know in life what's going to happen next. So uh, I did go home that day. There was really nothing except a few, except a few weird articles about use in hospitals in other countries and uh, the difficulties of making cheese. And so I just had to call around, made some connections and ended up uh, smuggling, and I use the term loosely, uh, some frozen milk in from the desert, uh, probably outside the Jerusalem-type area. And, and the milk made it all the way, all those many, many hours. And uh, when I held that frozen milk in my hands I, from the Bedouin people in the desert, I was really amazed that I, that I did it. And when I gave it to him, he got so much better overnight, which even ex- just way exceeded my expectations. I mean, he even, you know, he was even making comments to you, uh, speaking in ways that he hadn't spoken uh, because of his autism, saying how much he appreciated you, you were, how much you were doing for him, he, he loved you. I mean, that was like, a, it really was an overnight miracle almost with this camel's milk. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And of course, there are medical reasons for that, but it is kind of miraculous. And it does have that effect in many of the children and, of course, other disorders that it's used in for adults and things. But it was kind of shocking and, and just incredible. So it exceeded what I thought. And after that, he just kept getting better. He could uh, cross the street without me having to hang on to his collar, which is common among mm-hmm. our children with autism. And he just got so much better and, and his skin started healing up. So it was systemic, you know, from the inside out, it was helping him get better. And so after that, when he would get the the foods that would bother him normally, like cow milk, would make him have autistic symptoms like hand flapping and toe walking. And once he got some and he said it felt like there was dirt in his brain. And so the camel milk not only was a great milk substitute because it didn't cause any of those problems, it also was therapeutic and healing for him. And, and when he'd accidentally get things like that over the years, I'd give him the camel milk and boom, he was just so much better in 15 minutes. But the problem was, is that there were, as at that point, you didn't know of any camel milk here. And so you had to petition, got, get federal permission from the USDA to get the milk in because you actually had some shipments that were confiscated and it was very expensive for you yeah, to get first, it. Yeah, for, yeah, the first shipment didn't make it in. And then I was so lucky because I, you know, got the doctor's letters and and did it the right way. And there was a friendly person um, in LAX. And and it was so beautiful at the airports all over the you know place that they would come in based on how the person that was bringing it in for me was flying it in. People at the airports were very sweet and supportive, I'm told. They always said like, oh, just good luck to them and send yeah. their blessings and just a beautiful story. And then the USDA uh, was really quite um, good at listening and they gave me permission to bring it in. And so, yeah, that was ridiculously expensive, but, you know, it's like a medicine for him. So uh, then I, I did discover a couple of years later that all of a sudden people in America, the Amish people. Had uh, I was started- going to say the Amish. That was fascinating. Yeah. Our, our Amish friends had started, they got the idea and they um, had the idea to use the camels and, and start milking them. And so I got some of that milk. And my son got better on that, too. Like, it worked the same. So that was kind of important where he's really kind of patient zero on that type of experiment. Not only did the Middle Eastern milk work for him, now we knew the American milk worked. So therefore, it wasn't the breed or the feed or something magical about that kind of camel in the desert. It was Right, or what they were eating in the desert because yeah. the food is different. You know, the climate is different. 
It was actually the milk. It was actually the milk itself that was helping. Well, you know, and since that time, I mean, obviously you've done tons of more research. You've spoken all over the world. You've traveled all over the world to all the different camel people. You have camel friends all over the world. Um, The nomads called this, uh, call the milk nature's pharmacy. But it's also, you're finding also that it not only is showing such promise for autism, but for like diabetes and um, uh, maybe even cancer. I mean, a lot of different things you mentioned in your book. Yes. Yeah, so the thing about Camel Crazy is because I have done so, so much research and there's so much emerging that I did put in the back, I knew that when people read the book, a lot of them were going to want to know those questions, which everyone asked. Right. How, what, like, how, do how does I it get, taste? <laughs> yeah. How does it taste? Where do I get it? How much do I give? What can it help with? So in the back, there is a user's guide about that. And I do mention the gut disorders, you know, the digestive things, uh, Crohn's disease, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, chronic inflammation, which is, of course, is a lot of conditions, okay. uh, diabetes type 1 and 2, much more coming out about that. And I do have suggested dosage in the back on that and of course dosage it's we don't technically say dosage because that would be a medicine we just say serving amount but you know that's kind right. of uh, and you work. start small you usually start small with it and then just work your way up to whatever you need to see mm-hmm. if it works in the first place right Yes, and if, if it, even if it does um, have some a few little side effects in the beginning for some people, which can be like super energy or some kids might be a little hyperactive or uh, things like that, they usually are no big deal. Like you have to work through them or you just um, figure out if it's actually that. Some people that have that, which is not common, but some people that have those experiences find out it's actually like if they got a form of it, it's called kefir, you know, which is like a little right. more fermented or or something like that. It's, it's Or that they've given another supplement or something that they don't really know what, what it was. The camel milk was not it generally. You, um, in uh, at some point in the beginning of your book, I was reading when you were giving it to your son. And of course, you were just giving him little small amounts and it would, you would try to keep it lasting for a long time. But you made a note that, when it was starting to sour, you could tell because he would like wrinkle his nose. Was it when it does that? Is that how it tastes like kefir? Uh, kind of like that. I'm not a big fan myself of fermented things, so um, I'm not. You don't really want to say, yeah. It tastes like, but I will say that a lot of people enjoy that. They use it that way. Some people now make their own yogurt in America or their own kefir, and then the Somali people. They have like three or four different kinds of camel milk, and they actually call it by day, like how long it's it's fresh. It's got this one name. If it's been around for this many hours, it has another name. And if it's been around this many hours, it has another name. So it, it, people drink it fermented and fresh and uh, all kinds of ways all around the world. Well, and, and also in some of the cultures, as you listed in your book, and by the way, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with author Christina Adams. Her book, her newest book is called called Camel Crazy, A Quest for Miracles in the Mysterious World of Camels. Oh, is that um, in some cultures it is considered uh, very proper to serve your guests camel milk? I mean, and I mean, it, you would be very rude if you didn't serve them camel milk at different stages, like you were just saying, right? Uh, that is correct. And, and the most wonderful thing about this, in a way, this my journey learning about this is the definitions of hospitality in yes, different it was cultures. Yes, hospitality, right. 
Yeah, and in in these some of these desert cultures, if you didn't have hospitality for the, your guests, they could die in some of these harsh places. And so you should be giving them hospitality, but then of course there are limitations in you know some of the Muslim cultures. It's about three days, and then after that they are supposed to move on uh, because then that's I think that's in our culture too. I mean, people, you, what, what do they say after three days you start smelling like fish or something? Okay, yes, you know? <laughs> I'm sure there's some kind of cross-cultural thing that says that everywhere. Right, probably. Yeah. Probably. But I found that very interesting. Well, I want to, um, I, I want to stay on hospitality just for a moment because one of the things as I was reading Camel Crazy was you're traveling like all over the world and you're out with the best. Bedouins and you're in the desert and you're in Saudi Arabia and you're in India and all these places. And I just recently returned from India and we were doing a television show over there. And of the 16 people uh, in the almost three weeks that we were there, only two of us, and I was fortunate to be one of them, did not get deathly sick and literally sick most of the time because the hygiene is very different in India. And so I kept reading and thinking, she's never getting sick. She's never getting sick. And then you had your moment where, gosh, it seemed like a really scary time there in India. Did Was that the only time that you got sick and all of these things? Because you were very adventuresome. You seemed to be eating all the different foods and you know, I mean, how, how? what was keeping your immune system so hardy through all that traveling? Okay, that's a very insightful question. Um, I actually haven't been to Saudi yet. I'd like to go, but I have been to the, you know, the other Middle Eastern countries, uh, not all, but those that I talk about. But um, those I don't have a problem with. And India, that's the funny thing. I've been there before. And so I have an excellent holistic doctor that I talk to occasionally. And I said to her, so what's the best way to prep for this? And this was what I learned a long time ago. So she said that if you uh, take um, a hydrochloric acid, which you can get over the counter as a supplement in the natural grocery stores. So you take that with every meal. And she also recommends probiotics, but I generally don't need probiotics, I don't think. But so uh, at every meal, hydrochloric acid, and that helped really, I never got sick the first time in India. And in India, this time, for the whole month that I was there, I really didn't get sick except for that one time. That one time. And um, nobody else did, though. So you can never be sure. But honestly, mostly India is super great and wonderful to travel in. You just have to be sure about the water. And yes, if you stay in the nicer hotels, yeah, the nicer hotels, the water's fine, the food's fine. Usually it's just great. It's just that... You know, they have, they do have some things that we're not used to. Their their ecosystem is different. Their, um, I guess you'd call it their um, biodiversity can be different. You know, the hygiene is different. So just try that HCL thing and be very careful about water and cooked foods. Generally, you'll be okay. But I was being rather adventurous then, and who knows what it was. But yeah, I was out you were really cool. adventurous. I mean, I loved it when you said when they offered you food, you would say, wow, who would turn down a meal out here in the desert? You know, and I thought, wow, she's really adventurous. Oh, you know, it wasn't, so, I, it's Abu Dhabi. That's what I was thinking of, right? That's where you've been. Isn't, was it Abu Dhabi? Uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And, and Dubai, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, and Dubai. Um, okay. Yeah, but um, it, yeah, so generally, I think you're you're going to be safe mostly. I was just, uh, who knows where that came from? You can never know for sure, but I love India, and I'll go back anytime. 
Well, let's talk about the camels, because you, you really, besides the milk that has really helped your son and so many other people now, because you have now gone from him being the ground zero to people all over the world clamoring for camel's milk and having great results. But how do you feel towards the camels? I just felt that you had such a great love uh, and admiration for these amazing creatures as I was reading your book. Well, thank you. I really do. And there really aren't any mainstream books on camels. There are some niche kind of books or books that have them peripherally, but I felt like we needed a mainstream book on camels and I was going to fill that niche. And so I hope that I did. I, when I first met camels, I was like, oh, it's a big camel. What does it mean to me about Mm -hmm. nothing? But then the more I got to know them and be around them and learn about them, I just, I do really like them a lot. Not only are they biologically just unbelievable, they have all these special things about them that you couldn't make them up. Um, you know, the way that they, uh, that they even sleep, you know, the way that they mate. Um, an interesting thing is that they're kind of unique in that the females don't let down their eggs until the bull, which is the big male, mates with them. So it's kind of like a vending machine. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're primed that they don't release it until that, that stimulates that, it. That, and well, yeah. Your hormones, like that's kind of interesting. And, and then the males have these giant red fleshy balloons called a doula that hangs out of the side of their mouth. Uh, when they're, you know, trying to get into their rut situation. And, and that looks quite bizarre. And they're just interesting. They're huge. So every time I'm around them, despite being around thousands at a time, I still cannot believe how big they are. They can be up to seven feet tall, 1,600 pounds or more. And it's just, they're just amazing kind of creatures. And they did help build the society that we see today. I mean, they they brought goods across the Silk Road that have influenced the way that we live to this very day. I actually was in a museum in, um, yeah, Amsterdam recently, uh, just a few weeks ago, and I saw this printed cotton that were exhibited. They were like robes that people were wearing hundreds of years ago, and they had come from India. And and um, a camel meat is really popular. I don't. I've never seen camel meat here, but what does that taste like? Well, I've had camel meat in a few forms, so it all depends on um, the age of the camel and how it was prepared. So I had some yearlings that were very tender, and they made like a very thin, like Italianish kind of lunch meat, and those were very good. Um, however, though, I was sad because I was eating it next to the person that had been taking care of those camels, and I didn't oh, realize that. I know so that I mentioned makes that, it hard. Yeah, I mentioned that in the book. I was saying, oh, this is really good. And, and I saw, oh, no, I've kind of upset this person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, that, that happens when, when you are dealing with, uh, you know, the modern day use of animals. So also there are hamburgers, there are hot dogs in San Diego. There are camel tacos now. And that meat comes from Australia because they have so many feral camels. They actually are um, kind of. They're eliminated. exterminating them now, aren't they, in they- Australia? They have been for a long time. And so a lot of us are out here saying, hey, hey, dairy industry or, you know, meat if you have to do that. And so it's finally kind of turning around a little. They do have a dairy industry now. It's small, but I think it will grow. So the dairy industry for camel milk now here in the States, is it just, what, is there about 
5,000 camels, something like that here in America. Has it just stayed uh, stable, Christina, or is it growing? I know that the Amish are still doing it. And again, you're friends with, I think you're probably friends with all the people that are, that are producing milk. Yeah, I kind of am. So uh, there's probably one or two, I think, that are come online or just little little niche people that I don't really know yet, but uh, I kind of am. So it is growing. The largest herd, last I checked, is around 130 in America. Missouri. Is that Missouri yeah. or Michigan? That's, that's Missouri. Okay. And, but they're all kind of getting a little bigger. The problem is that you know, they're farmers, they're not great marketing kind of people, especially Amish people are not, that's not their thing. And then it's seasonal because the the, the babies, you know, they, when the babies are born, they get a whole lot of milk. And then, you know, you have to market around that time. And then other people, times they're looking at it, the supply could be low. But generally, you know, you can find it if you're looking for it. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's it's so, um, it's such an amazing um, I don't want to say a cure because we are not claiming it's a cure, but it certainly is aiding people that are having very different ailments, and especially with autism. That, to me, is the most important thing. Tell us a little bit how your son is doing now, because it sounds like he's just doing fantastic. He is doing very well, and it's really, um, you know, it's a long journey with autism, and it is a lifelong thing. And, yeah, no one, I never say cure Sometimes people put headlines like that on it, but I don't. And um, that well, is you're a just, journalist too. <laughs> yeah, and so that's why, like, even discussing cancer, I'm learning a whole lot of amazing things about the cancer issues right now with the camel milk and the camel urine. But since I haven't really dug into that a whole lot enough to cite it in my book, I don't really address that right, in the book. Got it. But um, but it is an emerging area, and I think uh, it'll be something that. Uh, you know, is, is going to be interesting as things evolve. But- well, that was fascinating, too, that, um, that when I was reading, again, we're talking to Christina Adams, author of Camel Crazy, where um, they were, some of your people that in the different countries were talking about how when you're sick, you can drink camel urine, and it just sort of makes, it just gets you really healthy. It gives you a great immune system. So you're now researching that as well, right? And you can mix the two together. Yeah, people are doing that, and I actually got some information yesterday. Um, There are some kind of uh, processes out there where they are putting the urine into capsules, and, you know, they're, again, I haven't visited that facility, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but there there are some case reports that are pretty interesting about that if you have a processed way to, uh, to take what what the uh, important things are out of the urine and uh, putting it into the capsules, that's more palatable. And uh, then, of course, though, but people that are just having access and they're very sick and they have access to urine, they're drinking it, and there are prescribed doses that people are using. So, again, you know, that's not something scientifically I've looked into, but it is an emerging interesting area. Well, that the other thing that one of the things that you talked about in Camel Crazy, because it just feels like, oh, God, they just seem like such sweet animals and they become very attached to you. But they can also be dangerous because they are so big. And um, you I read that, I mean, they'll sit on you and smother you if, if they're angry. And they evidently are like elephants where they have long memories. That's right. And they're they're sweet and loving and they bond very tightly to humans. So they're wonderful animals to be around, like just great. But if you're cruel to them or if you have something that you keep doing to them that's really hurting them, they are going to let you know. 
And then they will remember it. So if you're going to get around a camel, you've got to be prepared if you're going to own it. Like it's safe to visit them in a farm and all that kind of stuff's fine. But a lot of people, they hear me speak or they... And they want to have a pet camel. right? Yeah. And I say, well, that's good. And there's a group to support you in the United States, but do not run out and do it because you have to have special, special fencing. You have to know how to deal with them. And so I love them, but yeah, they're, they're complex animals, but they're great. So the reality is, is for people out there who may have a child with autism, or if you have diabetes, or you have any kind of dietary needs, and you're interested in camel milk, you really want to pick up a copy of Camel Crazy by Christina Adams. First of all, her website is christinaadamsauthor.com, and uh, Christina is spelled just the normal way with an H, as well as I really loved in your book that you had all those photos. Oh, you look so beautiful in in these uh, you know in these beautiful colorful uh, shawls and things that you've had in different countries, and I love seeing all the different people and the different camels. So I'm really glad you put photos in there, Christina. That, that made it just so much more approachable and real, especially to see the little baby camels. They're so yeah, cute. thank you. I, I was so glad my publisher did that. Uh, New World Library did that. There are 46 beautiful color photos, and and I owe it all to the, the beautiful color of the beautiful fabrics and the gorgeous camels. Uh, they're so gorgeous, and aren't the fabrics just beautiful when you travel, especially in India? I really loved all the all the different silks and things. But the appendix at the back, it's a camel milk, a user's guide. It is really, really awesome, and as uh, Christina said earlier, it tells you where you can buy it, how to use it, uh, even if you have to travel with it, if there are side effects, uh, all the different things. And, you know, I, I believe that I read in the book, I don't think I imagine this that uh, you saw it at a Whole Foods oh yeah it's at Whole Foods camel milk is at Whole Foods now it's at Bristol Farms near me in Orange County California some of the smaller uh, health food stores are carrying it uh, gosh they sell it in Beverly Hills and so it's you so it's, it's really available it's really available it's not everywhere but it's available and then if you do want the book too my book is in regular bookstores or they can order it for you and you can get it on Amazon anywhere international buyers can get it if they go to my website or look on Amazon and it's it will tell you all the places you can get it but I still think it's very fun to call the farmers and um, and order oh, it from them too yeah well you know I'm a farm girl grew up on a farm um, we, we had uh, cattle and sheep and chickens and all of that I didn't have camels but um, I, when you said about camels aren't, I mean, camels, they, farmers aren't really business people. We're farmers, you know, so that's sort yeah. of, that all you care about is, you know, taking care of your animals and kind of just making ends meet. And that's kind of it. Well, Christina, this has been a real joy to have you on. Again, the name of her book is Camel Crazy, available at, at bookstores online, or you can find it at her website, ChristinaAdamsAuthor.com. The publisher is New World Library, which are wonderful books that uh, inspire and really help our quality of life. So visit ChristinaAdamsAuthor.com and continue this research on camel's milk. And I'm very also really interested in it for cancer treatments because that seems to be so ubiquitous around the world right now. And of course, uh, with so many children being diagnosed with autism, what a great thing to know that camel's milk could aid in 
them having a more normal and happy life. So thank you so much for the work you're doing. You are welcome, Cynthia. It's been a pleasure to be here with you and everyone today. Well, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have more right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Do not go away. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to reinvent yourself? In today's rapid pace of change, today's successful job may be outdated tomorrow, and your level of success in business will depend on your ability to adapt, transition, and reinvent. It's important not to get stagnant and to greet change as an opportunity for growth. You will always be valuable for what you do best, but being able to modify your skills to meet the emphasis of a technological world will serve you best in the long haul. The age 65 retirement model may be abandoned by employers in the future, which means that an increasingly important criteria for hobbies and avocations of older people will be their potential to generate income. Your livelihood may be dependent on the reinvention of you. Be prepared. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are. The star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we're back. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And that was a fascinating interview with Christina Adams and her book, Camel Crazy. And if you have a child with autism or you're suffering from diabetes or any digestive problem, really look into Camel's Milk and um, pick up her book. I think that it can really help you. And the fact that it's in uh, stores and health food stores now, why not try it? 
So um, I don't have a lot of time in this segment because we went long with Christina. So I'm just going to touch on this and maybe we'll pick it up in another show about designing for um, extremes that could really benefit you. 90% of U.S. homeowners are actually over 65 years old. Um, That report that they would prefer to stay in their home as they age. And I think if you ask anybody, nobody wants to go into an old folks home. I, we don't call them that anymore, but, you know, assisted living or, or any of that. The, the desire to age in place is really a top driver of current architectural work. So excellence, um, accessibility features, single floor plans, open floor plans, those are all the trends in home layout and design. So... What a lot of people are lacking in their homes are probably ways that they can be safe in their homes. There's an absence of age-friendly home elements such as wide doorways or non-slip floor spaces or, you know, bathroom aids like, you know, those hold bars that you would see. So what it, what is it that we can do now if, even if you're 30 and you think that, you know, at some point... You don't want to be moving away. So we have to learn how to design for all ages. In uh, 2014, 46.2 million people were age 65 or older, which was 14.5% of the population. But by 2060, the number is expected to double to more than 98 million. And so it's likely that demand for residential units built to accommodate those who want to um, age in place and age independently is going to increase significantly. So by building features and products and technology that can be adapted to those addressing that dynamic range of abilities or situations is going to be the key to tapping fully into a, um, a prosperous housing market. So a configuration of an environment in a way that is usable, comfortable, and safe. You know, always we got to be safe by all people to the greatest extent possible is commonly referred to as universal design. And what we're hoping is that more design is just going to be universal so that it won't matter if you're renting or buying, you buy and sell, that the design of your home will be universal in... um, and will be standard. So it'll be a, a simply a standard building component. And that'll be, you know, it'll be thoughtful. It will be resized. It'll be strategically placed. So some common examples would include um, additional, like, peepholes in the doors that are placed lower on front doors uh, and for in case that somebody's in a wheelchair. Or... Um, Let's see what else would oh wider than normal doorways the same reason or stepless entries if you have a walker or a wheelchair and you know you can be at any age for that these are features that are obviously helpful to someone that has an injury um, but they're also helpful for less obvious users such as a parent that has a stroller or. Um, If somebody's trying to move a sofa, for example, you're trying to maneuver a new king-size bed into a bedroom. If you have wider doorways, you're going to be better off. So the Center for Universal Design has designed um, and identified 14 priority design features that anyone 
should consider if they're planning on remodeling their home. And that is regardless of age. And if incorporated strategically within a remodel, most of the features will not significantly impact the cost of the project or negatively impact the appearance. So they will, however, maximize the number of users who can comfortably use the space, both now and in the future. So I'm going to just briefly tell you what a few of these are, and then we'll have to delve into this in another show. Some, so 14 of the design features would be an entrance without steps, a minimum 60-inch level maneuvering space um, at a stepless entry, halls that have widths of 42 inches, and passage doors that have 32 inches, and um, increased number of electrical outlets for additional lighting and alarm indicators and all of that. Uh, clear floor space in kitchen, adaptable cabinets, and maybe that you could have a knee space at a sink and under work surface near cooking appliances. Clear floor space in bathrooms, adaptable cabinets with under, uh, under sink knee space in bathrooms as well. Tub and shower controls that minimize stooping, bending, and reaching curbless showers, and a toilet in a 48 by 56 space with a center line toilet at 18 from the sidewall. Well, obviously, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you right now because I can't go into specifics, but I will do so in another show. So I just want to thank you for being great listeners, allowing me into your life every week, and I hope that you're tuned to uh, the Empowerment Channel and Voice America and to Star Style Be The Star You Are with me from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here on Star Style Be The Star You Are every Wednesday. That's 4 to 5. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are, please visit bethestaryouare.org. It is the holidays. Donations are really necessary to help us distribute books and other tools for living. And so we hope that you will uh, get involved in some way. Also, visit our Amazon store where we have lots of different books and pick up our copies of books where 100% of the profits go to Be The Star You Are at starstylestore.net. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. We want you to see beyond your physical being. Know you're already the star you dreamed of becoming. And cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment. And definitely read a book this week because it's like a garden in your pocket. And I hope that you'll pick up a copy of Camel Crazy by Christina Adams. And especially if you're interested in camel milk because it really is a fascinating read. You will fall in love with the camels and you'll find out that camel milk and probably camel urine is going to be good for you. You can find copies of my books. I have eight of them now. CynthiaBryan.com. Just check out books there. Um, they make great gifts for the holidays. I'll autograph them for you. So until next week, when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be your unapologetically authentic self. Just go out in the world and be the star you are. We'll be together next week from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks for joining me. Make it a wonderful week. Be safe and enjoy the holiday season. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought to you. Be the star you are.
been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.